When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. and We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. A great episode today because we have a New York Times best-selling author, of, uh, well, he wrote The Culture Code, The Talent Code, The Little Book of Talent, and his most recent book is The Culture Handbook, 60 Highly Effective Actions to Help Your Group Succeed. And if you're into anything related to the culture, but especially, as you know, because we're focused on customer service and experience, anything related to the culture that ties into being more customer-focused, customer-centric, this is a not only a must-read, it's a must-have, and it's something you want to get for every employee. It is a handbook. There are plenty of worksheets in here that you'll be able to use to work through exercises and have great conversations. Now, before we get into the review, a few quick things. And if you've listened to the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story you want to share or a question that you have, please reach out to me in any of the social media channels because I'm pretty much everywhere. And use the hashtag AskShep. If it's a question, I'll answer the questions there on my weekly newsletter on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And by the way, that's available on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, C-Suite TV, and even on YouTube just by going to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. So tune in there and let's jump into this amazing interview with Daniel Coyle, the author of the just released book, The Culture Playbook. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Shep, it's good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So I got to tell you, I'm intrigued. You live in Cleveland, Ohio, the mistake on the lake, the only river that ever burned. I joke about that, but Cleveland is one of my favorite places. Believe it or not, I go to Cleveland for vacation. Fabulous. Oh, no wonder <laughs> you're here. That's an amazing choice. Why Cleveland for vacation, you ask? Because growing up, one of my best friends lived in Cleveland and I have family on my wife's side and I've been to the baseball games and I know you do work with the Cleveland now Guardians, formerly yep. the Cleveland Indians. Yep. And uh, there's a great NBA basketball team up there. You've got hockey about two hours away in Columbus. Yep. Uh, so here we are. We want to talk about your new book. So quick little background on yourself. Tell us about like your advisory work and your consultancy before we jump into uh, the book. Yeah, you know, I came up as a, as a journalist studying the science of performance, you know, basically walk, going around the world, looking at great performers, great athletes, musicians, you have it, politicians, mathematicians, and seeing what makes them tick, seeing what makes it like, like, it looks like magic. It's not magic, right? There's a thing there. And so figuring out what that thing is, looking at the science, looking at the research. So um, for the last seven years, I've been looking at groups. What makes certain groups special? What makes the Navy SEALs, the Navy SEALs? What makes Pixar so good? What makes the San Antonio Spurs so good? So 
that that concept sent me into this book, The Culture Code, that I that I wrote, and now to the Culture Playbook, which is really the actions. It's really like a like sort of like a recipe book, you might say, for how to get that stuff, how to have those interactions. Because culture is not about words or what you talk about. Culture is about your behaviors. It's about what you do. And so this gives people some things to do and then some reflections and some good models that they can hopefully build strong culture in their groups and and strong relationships with customers. That's a culture too, right? Your service, that that is about building relationships. And and relationships aren't magic. They're they're more like a sport or a skill. And this book is about building those skills. So one of the things I believed in and I've been writing about since my very first book many, many, many years ago, actually, I jokingly say decades ago, that customer service is not a department. It's a philosophy. It's ingrained in the culture. Yep. And people say, well, how do you put it in the culture? So why don't we start with culture in general? Like what what? What is it that, you know, what do companies get right and what do some companies get wrong about culture? Yeah, we always think that culture is sort of like the personality of a group, right? Like it's the soft stuff. It's the feel. That's actually not true. I mean, culture is performance. It's when people interact in such a way that they add up to more. They add up to more performance. And how do you go about building it? There's really three pillars, right? You got to be able to connect. You got to have ways of getting people to connect. We do that through building safety by knowing you and I share a future, by knowing I hear you and you hear me. That's safety. How do you go around creating situational awareness so you can handle change? Well, we do that by sharing weakness, sharing vulnerability, saying, here's the truth. Here's where I screwed up. Here's where I think you screwed up. That allows people to work together. And then you got the third function, which is direction. How do we know where we're going? You got to establish a really clear purpose, a North Star that lets you navigate. And great cultures operate like a flock of birds in a forest. They stay connected. They're moving, right? And they're going past problems. They're self-organizing to go around the problem and to move toward a goal. And that's what all great cultures do. And my, one of my favorite stories about that is about a restaurant guy named Danny Meyer. I know Danny very well. He and I went he, to nursery school together. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's Not wonderful. Ki- we actually were about a year or two apart and uh, we were in nursery school together. I came in at the young side. He was going out as older. And then we actually went to the same high school for a short time before he defected to the arch enemy competitor of my high school. Uh, and he was just in St. Louis where I live uh, just recently, ran into him at a hockey game. Uh, ah. Actually, I didn't, I didn't actually get to talk to him, but he was there, uh, saw him and, uh, Played tennis with them. Uh, we really got to know each other well on vacations. Our kids and his kids like to go to the same tennis resort, even though neither one, none of them like to play tennis. But there's nothing else to do because I don't like sitting out on the beach all that much because it's you know boring. I need more activity. So I signed up for a tennis clinic. We get connected. Hadn't seen each other literally in, in probably close to 40 years. And then uh, we figure out how we know each other and our friends and He's living in New York. I'm living in St. Louis, but he's got some great roots here. So, and Danny Myers also, for those that don't know it, uh, founder of Union Square Hospitality, but also the brains behind the Shake Shack, one of the greatest hamburgers and French fries of all time. 22 restaurants he's run. Most restaurants close. All of his stay open. He is the Willy Wonka of the restaurant world. And the question is, how did he get to do, how did he build such a culture to do that, right? Like it is incredible what he built. Well, the story is, he built, he had one restaurant. It was successful. He opened a second and both his restaurants started to fail because Danny Meyer was the culture. When he was in the room, you knew what to do. 
You knew where to put the salt shaker. You knew how to treat people. But when he couldn't be in both rooms at one time, it started to fail. Both of them did. In fact, one of his waiters insulted a customer one day. And that's where Danny realized he had a big problem. So he closed both restaurants temporarily and he went on retreat and he started writing and he started capturing and co-creating what was their true north? What was their true north? What are they going to define as true north? And then how are they going to get there? And he produced this thing, which I reproduced in the book called a mantra map. And a true north for him was creating raves, creating raves, not making good food, not making money, creating raves. And then the mantra map consisted of these little short corny sort of catchphrases like the excellence reflex, um, athletic hospitality, uh, mistakes are waves, servers are surfers of those waves. And they're all kind of corny, but you know what? They're also all kind of genius because it created this shared landscape, this shared, almost like, like a map, right? Where here's true north, here's how we're gonna get there. And he worked that language into his training. He worked it into their everyday habits. It became part of the fabric. And so for me, that's one of the stories that, that about what culture is actually made of. It's not gonna descend from the heavens. It's not gonna flow out of your personality like magic. It requires you, requires you to pause and intentionally answer some questions. Where are we going? What, how are we gonna define that? How are we gonna stay connected? And how are we going to be vulnerable and open with each other so that we can really tell each other the truth all the time and not hide that from each other? And being intentional and pausing. Like the modern world fills us up with things to do, right? We have endless to-do lists. We have endless things that we can check off. But what great culture happens when it happens is when you pause, is when you pause and you zoom out and you take a hard look at what are, where are we going? How are we connecting? How are we interrelating? What does this mean? And, and so this book, this culture playbook, it actually could be called the culture pause book, right? Because it's all about having these pauses that lets you build a stronger, healthier, better team. Yeah, I love that. And you've done an excellent job. I've never heard the bird metaphor before, a flock of birds. By the way, in all of my books, I refer to the customer service vision or customer experience vision as your mantra, a mm -hmm. one sentence or less mm -hmm. phrase or sentence uh, that really gives the essence of what it's all about. And when you look at, uh, I love Danny Myers, and this may be a new one to add to my list, creating raves. Uh, Ace Hardware, one of my clients, you know, the helpful hardware place. They, they want to be the most helpful retail company on the planet. Uh, the Ritz-Carlton, where ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. If you'll notice the theme to what I refer to as a mantra, as you do, is these are all one sentence or less, easily identifiable, memorable, and visual. You can visualize where yep. ladies and gentlemen serving ladies. And I mean, how do you, creating raves, what does that mean? Just look at our, you know, TripAdvisor ratings, you know, or, uh, you know, whatever it is. I, I'd say, look at the tip you're getting, but Danny Meyer, one of his, and I don't know if it's working or not, if he's still a tipless restaurant. Uh, <laughs> but that was something he wanted everybody to just put in, you know, 100%. Don't worry about the tip. We're going to charge a little higher price and give you a piece of everything that comes in here. And he split it up between the front of the house, people who are serving customers, as well as back of the house uh, in, the, uh, in the kitchen. And that way, even dishwashers had a chance to, uh, you know, get involved with the gratuity, if you will. 
And what a signal that sends to his team. Now, you wonder why he has a great culture, because he presses pause, he thinks about it, he creates something that's way more egalitarian and fair, and now everybody is in on it together and connected together. So it's the sport of connection, and there's, there's few that are as good as he is. Yep. Well, let's take a short break. When we come back, I want to dive into the culture playbook. Again, the culture playbook, 60 highly effective actions to help your group succeed. And we're going to dive into some of your favorite uh, tips and tricks in here. So everybody, this is the book, The Culture Playbook, and this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Daniel Coyle about his latest book, The Culture Code. And I want to dive into this book and I want you to share with us some of your favorite tips for the time that we have remaining today. I would love for our audience to hear something and go, oh my gosh, if this is what's in that book, I have to go buy that book. Available everywhere, especially at Amazon. Yeah. Thanks. No, there's, there's a few things. I mean, there's 60 tips in the culture playbook and, and they are all, they vary, right? There's a bunch, some of you, some are kind of like little hygiene tips that you can use to just strengthen up your group. Some are more like calisthenics that make you super strong. Uh, my three favorite would be tip one, keep an open face. Um, this was taught to me by a Navy SEAL commander who pointed out your face is like a door. It's got two settings. It can be closed which we know what that's like. Like our, we've got the spotlight of attention. Our thoughts are inward or we're, we're brows are down. We're focused or it can be open. And this muscle on top of your eyebrows is called your frontalis muscle. And for a leader, it's probably the most important muscle on their body for any communicator. It's got no survival function. It's only to communicate socially. It's how we communicate energy and interest and excitement and enthusiasm. And so on this age where we're often communicating through these computer screens, that frontalis muscle is the most important muscle on your body. So keep an open face. People wow. Know. I would say right below the frontalis muscle are your eyes. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> I think the eyes tell an awful lot as well. Exactly. They do. And think about how good communicators use their eyes. Think about how they use them. Think about the faces of the leaders you admire. They're not. And Danny Meyer would be at the top of the list. The guy is astonishing. Um, so that's one thing. Keep an open face. Tune into that. A second one would be use the two-line email. The two-line email is one you send to your team. It's an idea from Laszlo Bach, who used to run uh, people, interact, people analytics at Google. And it is, you send it to your whole team, two lines. Line one, hey, tell me one thing that you want me to keep doing. One thing I should keep doing. And line two is, tell me one thing you'd like me to stop doing. And that's it. Really short email, huge signal, because you're saying, hey, 
I'm not asking for 10 things. Let me see you for one, one to keep doing, one to stop doing. Help me get better. Help me get better. And what you find is when you send this to your team, your team will start sending it to others too. It'll be contagious. Wow. And I love it. You know what? That's not a bad question to ask customers. You know, no. if you've got a survey, do one of those on a scale of, of one to 10, do you love us or on zero to 10, the likely to recommend. And then, Hey, here's another question. What's one thing we should keep doing? I love the one thing questions. Uh, yeah. We've been preaching that forever. What's the one thing that would make this experience better? What's the one thing we could have done for you to give us one number higher as opposed to say, if you get on a scale of one to 10 and they give you a five or six, yeah. not good. But if you ask, Hey, what could we have done to made it perfect? That is a big discussion. But if you say, what's one thing that would have given us at least one more number? Anyway, I love that one thing idea. All right, you've got a third one you want to share with us. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about these. And maybe uh, you'll share a couple others. That'd be fun. Yeah, no, the, uh, the last one is an idea. It's out of the Navy SEAL team. It's called an AAR, an after action review. And it is when you, after you do something with your team, after you do something as a group, you stop, you pause, you circle up, and you ask three questions. Question number one, what went well? What went well? Let's name it. What behaviors, what, what went well? Question number two, what didn't go well? Let's own it. Let's talk actually about what really happened. Where did you screw up? Where did they screw up? And question three, what are we going to do differently next time? So what went well? What didn't go well? What are we going to do differently? Really, really simple interaction. Really powerful meeting because it forces people to share their weakness and to build like a shared mental model for the thing you're doing together. There's this temptation after we do something as a group that everybody just kind of wipes their hands and says, okay, we're done. Good job, everybody. And everybody goes away. And you lose that opportunity to reflect together. All learning, like we're always trying to learn, right? All learning has two pieces. There's experience and there's reflection. If you spend all your time just in the experience action space, just doing things over and over again, doing, 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 you never get that pause that lets you stop and build a clear picture of what you're doing and to really share your perspective with others and really figure it out. Like, did we do a good job or did we not? What do we need to do differently? And that AAR is a five minute meeting that has got a, a massive impact on, on the, the strength of the relationships and also the performance. I love that. And something you just said reminded me of an idea that a lot of companies focus on, you know, revenue, profits, et cetera, and they don't take the time. And I call that working on the business versus working in the business, uh, which is, I mean, this is the perfect uh, three questions to ask uh, the debrief after the mission. By the way, I don't know if the Navy SEALs do it, but in the military, a lot of times these after uh, mission debriefs are, uh, they're rankless. Everybody's asked to reach, go into the room without, you know, yeah. their, oh, whatever you call them, their pins, badges, et cetera, et cetera, so that everybody can talk on an equal plane. Now, I, I know that's awful hard. If you know, that's my boss sitting across from me. How yeah. can I say something went wrong without getting in trouble? Right. But I believe if they follow your tools that you have in this book, that's a conversation that would be not just acceptable, but would be desirable. A hundred percent. Cause the boss wants that visibility. Everybody wants that visibility into what's really happening and good bosses signal their fallibility first. There's a Navy SEAL commander named Dave Cooper that I spend time with for the playbook and for other books. And what he says is the four most important words a leader can say are I screwed that up. 
Now, Dave Cooper is, he's the, basically, he's the command master chief of the Navy SEAL Team 6 who got bin Laden. So he's a guy who you'd think, man, he never screws anything up, right? And he's, they, they're bullet, they're bulletproof. They're, they should be super confident. Think about that. That guy who's one of the best team creators, best leaders on the planet, he's saying the four most important words a leader can say are, I screwed that up. Now, why is that? That's because it gives permission to the room to have that real conversation and to tell each other the truth. And that truth will make you better. The truth yeah. about what's really happening with your performance is the feedback you need to get better. Love that. All right. As we wind down here, you know what my final question is? Is there one last nugget of information? Maybe it's one of the uh, tips from your book that yeah. you would love to share with this audience. Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's one tip that I, like, that I like a lot that I think is really applicable right now in the moment that we're in. It's called the subtraction game. It's when you play the subtraction game. It's when you get together with your group and you say, hey, what are we doing? What have we done for a long time that was once useful but isn't useful anymore? What are we doing that's adding needless friction and scattering our attention? Let's get rid of that. Let's not do that anymore. The modern world adds so much to our plates. It adds so, it never takes it away. And so if you're a group that can say, wait a minute, we care enough to like stop, pause, think about everything, and then clear the decks a little bit. Let's get rid of some of this old furniture that is just getting in our way and let's function better. That is, is you can create a moment of real liberation with that mm -hmm. game. Something you said, and I may have misunderstood it at the beginning of that tip. Uh, did you say something we used to do that we stopped doing? No, I'm sorry. Something we used to do that, that once added value, but doesn't. Oh, once added value. value. I, I thought think, you were going to go there. I think there's some things in the past that we stopped doing because it works so well. We stopped doing it. <laughs> it blows my mind how many times I was, well, have you ever done this? And the client will say, yeah, we used to do that. Well, how'd it work? Well, it worked real well. Mm. You do it anymore? Hmm, I'm not sure why, but no, we don't. Yeah, it's funny. You just lose track. And all this speaks to the value of what you created with that client is just a moment of reflection, right? And, yep. that's what, and that's what this is all about. Like we need more reflection in our lives. So this book, The Culture Playbook, is filled with basically conversation starters that you can have on a weekly meeting. And uh, not only, I mean, there's 60 of them in here, and I'm going to bet that somebody reading through this is going to, and you'll argue that all 60 of them are appropriate to every group. I know that. I'll argue that too, okay? But I know people out there are going to say, you know what, I only like 35 of them. Yeah. Great. So here's what I would do is every week go through the 35. And at yep. the end of the 35th week, that would be the next week, week 36, start back where you began mm. and just do it again and again and again. And you have these conversations that are constantly pushing you forward. I believe that's what this book was created for. And if I'm wrong, tell me, but I think I'm on the right track. I think you're 100% right because the larger metaphor there is that our group health is just like our physical health. If you think walking and eating well makes you healthy, then you should probably do that every day and keep track of it. It's not about talking about being healthy. It's about actually doing things, tracking things, and making good habits. And that's, that's what the book is designed to create is good habits. All right. I love it. Again, the book title, The Culture Playbook, available on Amazon, written by Daniel Coyle. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed it, Chip. Thanks for the conversation. Yes. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another great interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.